The reading today is taken from Romans chapter 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because he has done for all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, prophesy. Speak out with much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve him well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can do or do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for his scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Thank you.
May God's name be blessed through the public reading of his word. Dave, come and minister to us. Father God, thank you for your servant. Thank you for his faithful ministry to your words. And I pray, Lord, that as he, David, as Dave shares with us from your word, I pray that you bless him and you bless us. And you are glorified with our actions and our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Uh, Lois, you read that reading really well. Thank you. I appreciate it. And actually, you started from a point I didn't ask you to start from, but I'm really glad you did. I expected you to start from verse 19, but you started from the beginning, uh, which was extra work for you. But the reason I'm glad you did is because that earlier passage includes the fact that we are a body and we have different gifts amongst us. And then from verse 19 on, it talks about giving hospitality and being generous. In the bit where it says we are a body, It says some people have gifts of generosity and some people have gifts of hospitality. I'm listening to the prayers for our family who've joined us here. Prayers that God will provide them with their own, with the needs that they have. Remember, these folk have left everything behind. They've arrived with themselves, basically, haven't you? So we can pray that charities may bless them, but God brought them into this body. God brought them to you. You wealthy Cairns Road. So maybe God wants to answer your prayers through you. This is a story from my youth before I was a Christian and it wasn't included in my sermon notes. I used to imagine I was a Christian when I was a teenager. I had been baptised after all, I wasn't a Christian. But I went to the church prayer meeting every Wednesday and there was one guy who stood up every flipping week and prayed the same prayer and you knew he was going to pray it And you wondered why God never answered it, because he had to repeat it every week, the same again. But one week, this man stood up, and he prayed for a particular family. It was a different prayer for a particular family in the congregation who were in need because there had been a, a job loss. And he prayed that God would supply their needs. It was a very passionate prayer. I noted it. And he got to his amen, and everybody went, amen, amen. And then, a few minutes later, this man got up out of the meeting and disappeared. Because he realized he had the means to answer the prayer he prayed for the family that were in need. And so I just present it to you as a story from my youth giving hospitality to strangers.
Let love be genuine, is what Paul says to the people here. Now then, remember he is writing to the church in Rome. But all scripture is God-breathed, isn't it? The Holy Spirit has breathed this scripture through Paul to the church in Rome. And the thing is that, of course, Paul never dreamed, would never have dreamed, that in the year 2022, Cairns Road would have spent two weeks reading a chapter a day of his letter. He had no idea that was going to happen, but the Holy Spirit did. So the point I'm making here is, Paul is writing to the Roman Christians, the Holy Spirit is writing to you and to me. This now becomes personal. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. I'm going to read this passage again, not because you didn't read it well, because you did, but because this is from the Amplified. And my concern about this passage is, do you need to preach it? Or do we just need to read it? What do people used to say? Read Mark, learn, and inwardly digest. Maybe that's all we need to do. Read it, mark it, learn it, and inwardly digest it so that this word becomes the energy by which we live our Christian life. So let me read it again. This is from the Amplified Version. So there's little bits added to amplify Paul's meaning. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil, loathe all ungodliness, turn in horror from wickedness but hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honour to one another. Never lag in zeal and in earnest, never lag in zeal and earnest endeavour. Be aglow. I love the Greek at this point. It means be on fire. <laughs> be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Serving God. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing the necessities of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. 
who are cruel in their attitude towards you. Bless. Don't curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy. And weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourself to people and things and give yourselves to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceit. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach yourself and in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourself. But leave the way open for God's wrath. For it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For by so doing, you will keep burning coals upon his head. Don't let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome, master evil with good. Now, it doesn't need a sermon, does it? But remember to whom Paul is writing and to you. He's writing to those whom God has foreknown, whom he has called to be conformed to the image of his dear son. That's what Paul says. You are called. So I'm asking you, you don't have to answer me, of course. It's a question for you to consult yourself with before God. Has God called you? Has God rescued you by sheer grace through your faith in Jesus Christ? Rescued you from sin and called you to be conformed to the image of his Son? If so, this passage that we have read together conforms to the nature and character of his son, Jesus Christ. For instance, bless those who curse you. Don't curse them. Paul is actually quoting 
the direct teaching of Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are you when people hate and revile you. Verse 27. I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who, who abuse you, and to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer also the other, and from one who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your tunic either, give to everyone who begs from you. When Paul, in this passage, is asking us to bless those who persecute us, he is quoting the direct teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only quoting the direct teaching of Jesus, but remembering the direct action of Jesus. Because in this letter, and you've been reading it, in this letter he's pointed out that while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He says one might die for a good man, might die, though one scarcely would for a good man. But God has showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinning against him, while we were still at enmity with him in our minds, whilst we were still focused on the things of this world and of the flesh, Christ died for us. And whoever was focused on the flesh when we were focused on the flesh, according to Paul in this letter, was at enmity with God. But God blessed us in that he gave his only son, who was crucified for us while we were still sinners. So when he's asking us, to act towards others in this generous spirit. He's asking us to show that we're really those who are conformed to the image of Christ. He's asking us to be what God has made us through faith in Jesus Christ. Let love be genuine. Now, I've been a Christian for a long time, as you can tell. And I've been a minister in churches for quite a lot of that time. I have a friend who calls the Sunday morning gathering after the sermon, when we're all having a cup of tea, the time of the Evangeligrin which I think is really funny, though you don't, obviously. <laughs> the thing about the evangelic grin is that it's the outward grin which says, I love you, brother. But inwardly, I'm really waiting to get on to the next bit of business because I've got to talk to the minister or the treasurer. Let love be genuine. Spend time with one another. Listen to one another. I went, uh, shall I tell you this? 
I went to have some acupuncture once. I didn't want it, but I was advised to have it. It didn't do me any good physically, but something really astonished me about it, which had nothing to do with the needles or anything else. It was the fact that for one hour, I lay on my back and one man gave me his total, absolute attention. And you know, I went home weeping almost for that. I wondered how many times in my life might I have received somebody giving me their attention. Genuine attention for one hour. Because I was quite certain I hadn't done it for anyone else. Let love be genuine. If there's a text for this morning, that's it. Let love be genuine. Not the evangelic grin love. Remember, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. He commends his love to us in that, according to Paul. And when we received the Holy Spirit, God's love was poured into our heart, Paul tells us. And out of what has been poured out in, we are to pour out again. Let love be genuine. Don't just be evangelical. Be Christian. This is what we've been called to. I don't think I've got anything else to say. I know it's not a brilliant sermon. But if you read the passage again and do it, it would have been a, an amazing sermon because the church will be seen to be the church and not just a bunch of people who get together on a Sunday. The church will seem, be seen to be a reflection of Jesus. People will see Jesus in it, in you. Don't be hearers of the word only. Don't go home and chew the minister because it wasn't a very good sermon. Let love be genuine. But go home and let the word become life in you. What we read together. Because you have been called to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ. Whom he foreknew, he called. Whom he called, he sanctified. He sanctified you. Whom he sanctified, he glorified. Well, live the life of the glorious redeemed. And let it be seen.
overcome evil with good.